All right, part two of Catholicism. And this is going to be a shorter part of it and just kind of addressing a, uh, a question, which I think this will, or not a question, but more of a statement, I guess, right? Well, we, we totally offered it up there. We did a, a podcast, it was a little bit longer, but discussing Catholicism. And I think uh, we've got Lex and Travis here um, with us. And we can all agree that the Bible is incredibly... Well, if they listen to part one, they still hear for part two. But maybe they didn't listen to part one, that's what I'm saying. Though. We'll go back and listen to part one. So <laughs> we can all agree Please. that um, the Catholic Church is not biblically sound. I mean, there's no argument to even be made there. And so one of the... We've had many people reach out to us in ways um, they either come from the Catholic Church, their family's involved, husband, you know, whatever it may be. And so we said, send us your questions. Send, your, send us your specific topics within that that you would like to, um, you know, see more on. And so one of the questions being, how do we evangelize with people within the Catholic Church? And I'm going to go ahead and share specifically this here because I think this kind of really sums up what a lot of people are dealing with. I grew up Catholic and I thought, well, maybe because they believe in Christ that there is hope. But just talking to my mom, I'm finding out that they say that non-Catholics take the Bible too literally, that what it says is not always what it means. And they want to know, where does the Bible say that you need Jesus to be saved? Um, I try to teach them, but they say that only priests can interpret. And also, they are not to argue with Christians since we always use the Bible, which to me should be the, yeah. <laughs> the ceiling quality for why you should talk to people that use the Bible. But um, So I thought that was kind of a, you know, I mean, that's a good starting point. When you, you do realize the evil of the Catholic Church and you see the difference of that but you have family friends you know loved ones or whatever that are still there what do you do how do you go about that I mean those questions there is the priest really the only one to give insight to what scripture means are we taking this too literally Where do we begin? Yeah. Uh, so, since we are following up um, from, from our extensive talk, yeah. last time, just identifying definitely some of the differences uh, between your mainline Christian beliefs and then some of the, the things where the Catholic Church has kind of sidestepped. They've mm. gone off in many things. And it, and it really is, it becomes a faith of works. Um, You've got the leadership basically making declaration that only they can properly interpret Scripture, which is where I think that question kind of mm -hmm. stems from. Uh, and, it, and in many cases, when you talk to somebody in leadership, they may even say, like, who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, you, you don't have a right to do this, um, which we point out that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives insight. I mean, Well, and I always like to point out, like, you understand the reason for the Reformation, right? <laughs> like, you understand what, what was do going on, right? not believe like do modern catholics now just completely still just disagree and hold that they were completely wrong in everything that they did there and you mean for the reformation, with the reformation? yeah oh absolutely okay yeah. so they now, just hold now, it now because question. of because of the whole ecumenicism and mm -hmm. no i'm not saying it right but mm -hmm. uh there was even consideration because the 500th anniversary of the reformation when they Recognized Martin Luther posted his 95 theses right. in, on the church in Wittenberg in 1517. They say so 
2017 was marking the you know 500th anniversary yeah the, there was wonder if the current pope because he just kind of includes everybody now i mean his he doesn't follow Catholic doctrine. If you really pay attention no, to some of his statements, no, he's really off. Uh, he, he is. So there, there are definitely some uh, Catholic apologists that have kind of been like, uh, "We're, he's not. We can't really keep following this guy. He's yeah. off." So, anyways, but there was wonder if he was going to put out some kind of document or statement saying, "Yeah, the Reformation's over. We're all brothers and sisters now." Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if there really was or not. I think there was some kind of statement on that, um, and they even. If I'm not mistaken, did have some kind of joining with the Greek Orthodox. Yes, there, there was like yes, a, a the peace Orthodox. talks or something, or maybe oh, you know what? It they was did. Lutherans. Yeah. There well, was, I, I know. Yeah, I know they did do something with the Greek Orthodox, even more so recently. This okay. was a huge because I know it was in the news. It was. It was. I have to pull yeah. it So, that, but no, when it when it comes down to like some of their councils mm -hmm. and one of their dogmas mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, you, again, just as we mentioned last time, you, you won't find that in the Bible. No, it's not. Uh, and that's why they have to say, well, our leadership has interpreted this. They've derived these things over time. And that's why now we can trust what they're saying. But again, that that's really a form of like bondage. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these, they're not, be, okay, so your common Catholic person is not going to be discipled. They're not going to know scripture. No, they're they not. They really aren't. Um, they're not getting taught very They're going to well. know their tradition. They're going to know everything other than Scripture. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean. And, and yeah, but but, it's, but that's what keeps them in bondage. And it, honestly, that's the same thing as the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. This, this, this spiritual leadership of some kind who has the ability to interpret, we, we, we just got to trust them. Mm -hmm. We, you know, so that's. Well, but I mean, then to evangelize people like that, you tell them you're getting your understanding. You know, you have to understand that your whole religion is based off of the understanding that Christ gave the this authority to the apostles to be able to, or to you know, to Saint Peter, as it were, to to build this church and, and to do this. So they're basing that off of one verse and one thing that Jesus says, which they're completely taking out of context, but they're, they're, they're basing their whole thing off of that. So where else in Scripture will Would you find a up? whole doctrine built off of just one thing that was misconstrued? You know, you well, can, the, and that's Catholic where cults come church from. The Church truly was <laughs> set up in A.D. 33 by Jesus himself. You would think that there would be plenty of other scriptures that completely hold up all these things that they're doing. Or like if Peter was the, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the father of the Catholic Church, so yeah. to speak. Uh, like he'd talk about it a lot in his books or something. Like this. <laughs> what yeah. did he talk about? Though he's talking about like false teachers and. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not what he. And, that's where I guess the first question would be is you have a Bible, you know what the Bible is, you, you're you allowed to read it and that's, that's Martin Luther's whole point, you know <laughs> you know, for, for this thing well, so. And, that, and that, so to bring up Martin Luther, mm -hmm. so for those who are listening that probably don't know uh, Martin Luther was a uh, Catholic priest mm -hmm. he um, totally isolated himself in Germany, he was so caught up in this, and he was so just disturbed by his own sinful nature that he would literally be in confession for like upwards to six hours mm -hmm. to, to where the and this is daily to where the point where the you know this other guy who's listening to him was like listen if, if it's not adultery or something of seriousness <laughs> like just 
let me know then. But you know, this you, yeah. you're, you're going too much with this. Well, he began uh, teaching through. There was two books that really caught him, and this is why I think these are some places that we can point to: the Book of Romans, especially mm-hmm. chapters three and four, speaking of the righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? It's through faith. Mm-hmm. And then Galatians. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's Galatians two. You know that whole that whole part. Um, yeah, and so it is. It's reading scripture and understanding what does God actually say about these things. How is one truly saved? Is it by this form of outward obedience, following these you know different things and doing different indulgences to somehow earn a certain amount of of um, just I don't know, righteousness? <laughs> I like that face. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, or I'm sorry. It, does it actually come down to, hey, what does Scripture say? Look at Abraham. Right. Look at these things. Look at David. You know, Abraham believed in it. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Right, right. And even Paul's whole point is, you know, salvation has not changed. Mm-hmm. The Jews weren't saved through their works. Right. Just like we are. Correct. So that's, that's where it comes down to, what does the Scripture say? And it all points to Jesus Christ. And that's, again, that's, that's why this is a gospel question, is... is Hey, you know, Jesus Christ fulfilled all righteousness. And it really is, when you get down to the, the foundation of it, you know, Catholics want you to, to feel like he didn't do enough. Because, I mean, that's why we mass. Yeah, they don't, because like what, what you were just saying with the question of um, where does it say that you need Jesus to be saved? It's like we were just talking before we even recorded John fourteen six. No man comes to the Father except through me. What? It's me. No, like Jesus. Well, and the That's point it. that this person even mentioned too is, I mean, she struggled with trying to leave the Catholic Church um, because of the fact that they put it, you know, such a just a severe, you know, repercussions of what's going to happen if you leave that you will most certainly burn in hell. And she said even... The only thing in the Catholic Church that can get you to burn in hell is disobeying the Catholic Church. That doesn't set an alarm because, especially under this new pope, Mm -hmm. I know he's going against some orthodoxy here, but... Still, I mean, you you notice that they're they they tend to be fairly inclusive in some ways of of all different kinds of sins and all different types of things. Mm-hmm. Yet, this yeah, that should show your first hole right there. That. But it really is such I'm a sorry, brainwashing. I thought you were going to bring. I thought you were going to bring something up. You were looking. No, I just. I'm sorry. It really is. I mean to stop. Um, it's such a brainwashing, you know, of these things. I mean, you've got these people that won't. If the Bible is such an important document to the basis of our religion, right. you you won't read it. Mm-hmm. You won't like. You're telling me that this human institution is what everything in your life like hangs in the balance of. Like that doesn't raise any red flag. Like you don't even question it. You don't think about that. You should question everything. What is this? What are you doing? Why are these things? I mean, they have an accepted canon in their Bible. Like, mm-hmm. just having that in itself. And there's no... You can't find anywhere in Scripture that backs up your practices and your traditions for these things. They're not They're not biblical. Were you going to read something? I, well, I, I, I got a whole bunch on my oh, mind. Oh, yeah, keep going, man. Fire. Fire. Um, 
No, because you you brought up traditions, and if you remember, I was talking yeah. about the last time, Mark chapter seven, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, the whole point of uh, Jesus confronting the, the scribes and and uh, Pharisees on their korban right. law, which is where essentially they were um, putting money aside, and if they said, "Hey, this is dedicated to the temple, this is dedicated to God," even if they didn't actually give it, they could claim it was korban, and therefore basically have it in their own savings and not help somebody else. And Jesus points out in that, that passage, he says, by your own traditions, you invalidate the very word of God, mm-hmm. where it says to honor your father and mother, and yet when they need your help, you say, well, this is Korban. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you can you can tell that Jesus was not fond of men's traditions, especially when it invalidated the word of God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, but that that's what came to mind. Um, I mean, certain passages, uh, I think we even, I may have, Loosely mentioned it last time, Ephesians chapter two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you don't mind, I'll read. No, read verses please. eight through ten because this is kind of hits it. Uh, the the point is uh, verse eight: For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. The idea being, you know, we, we are saved to do good works, not our good works saves us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you've got, I mean, there's, there's, so there's mountains of scripture that back it up. I think the, um, the difficult question in all of this, how to answer is we can sit here and, and try to prove you wrong all day and try to prove a point, but how to evangelize this? How do we go? How do we combat this? I think it's important. I don't know. I'm. This is where it changed my mind. I don't know. This is where I think that we have a serious problem here, and it's. It, we have to get them to realize the seriousness of some of the things that they're doing here. We have to point out to them biblically, hey, this whole uh, Mary ID thing. Like I understand that your tradition, you know, I get it, but let me show you some things. Like this whole Mary thing, this whole Pope thing. This, these are some issues here that you should look into that you know here's this bible and you are allowed first first and foremost you're allowed to read this for yourself and you don't need somebody else to interpret this for you and tell you what it means you don't need to think that some christian is trying to you know fool you and and think that it means something that it doesn't and that you need some father to no i mean if anything you should realize how fallible your your church leaders are in the Catholic Church because it's it's very public and not saying that not everybody's fallible but I mean to to hold them up as if they're something that they're not is no I mean they're publicly very very um, very fallible people <laughs> and uh, so yeah I mean I, I guess I, is there any other way to evangelize this other than pointing out the seriousness and coming at it from a obviously a loving serious standpoint of pointing this out because this is something that if you're fully ingrained in this this is something that's that's that we honestly worry worry for your souls about honestly I mean I'm not sure these are serious these are serious things that you're by questioning the, you know, questioning the sun from to, you know, your we we talked last time about um, 
communion, their right. communion. This is serious stuff. Right. So. So I I have a question. I feel it fits into this topic of evangelizing. Is there a point? Legitimately, this is a question. Is there a point where you go, all right, I've said it and I've said it and I've said it again. Now it's time for me to walk away. Is there a point, especially when dealing with family members, I think a lot of people struggle with, okay, maybe now it's time to not have this in my life anymore. So what is the point? What is the cutoff? How do you evaluate when to keep pushing and, and when and maybe it's time to walk away. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, this is an issue of soul. This is a matter of soul. But, you know, at some point, I think sometimes, one, it can be destructive to the person who is doing the evangelizing, depending on the relationship that they have with that family member and, and if mm -hmm. they decide that they're going to just be nasty all the time. Does it ever become casting pearls before swine? Well, let me ask Travis in saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, biblically it says that we are to warn these people and give them the opportunity and give them the chance and show them the love and show this. But if they don't accept it, then you must walk away and have nothing to do with them. I mean, this is it. I mean, this is family. This is seriousness. And, and, but you, we can warn them all day long. And we, we can understand the seriousness is... That's not a word. Serious. I just made it up. <laughs> I'll make t-shirts. Anyway, we can understand how serious it is these issues are and point these out to them and warn them, hey, look, it. Paul says this right here, that mishandling the, the, the Lord's... Uh, the Lord's... Sub, that this is a serious, serious offense and you could be eating and drinking judgment upon yourselves. Especially believing the fact that this is the literal blood and body of Christ. Right. That is it's a scary, scary, scary stuff. So I would, I would find that warning them of these things and telling them that this is serious and I will pray for you, I love you, but if you're going to keep believing and walking in this way, this is not okay. And I, I don't know, you go. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a def definitive, like, you spend an hour at most. I mean, it, it's... No, yeah, no, absolutely yeah, I mean, it, so... But there does come a point, and I think there does need to be a warning, like you said, that you can expound on Scripture. You can point out so many sections on what justification really means. Um, you know, Luke 18, for example, is one that I always I love to use, mm -hmm. where the Pharisee and the tax collector go yep. to the temple, and Jesus is explaining, mm -hmm. hey, all right, Pharisee's praying to himself, God, mm -hmm. look at what I do. I do all these things. Thank I'm you. Like I'm not these like others. these other men. Yeah. And what is the text collector doing? He's pounding his breast, can't even look up, and he says, says I know I'm a sinner. Yeah. God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Yep. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll even point out what he's saying is, you know, God, apply your atonement to me. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, and I tell you, that man, mm -hmm. the tax collector, is one who yeah. went home justified. Justified. That was not a part of repentance. And it wasn't the Pharisee. Not the Pharisee. Yeah. Um, and again, that's before the cross. Mm -hmm. Jesus has not, he has not been crucified. He's telling them. Sure. He went home justified because he is going to the Lord, understanding that he has fallen and needs sure. a Savior. Um, I mean, that's what the whole Old Testament, uh, you know, this whole uh, lambs being mm -hmm. sacrificed was pointing to was the ultimate, right, the ultimate. perfect one. Amen. Um, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Amen. That's yeah. the point. So, 
there's so much in that but then i think you do need to give the warning passages like the walking away there in hebrews those who come to light and walk away there's no longer a you know sacrifice for them you've got i think a lot of times people love giving john 3 16 yay and amen hey we are saved by faith you know no longer right yeah that was a good way to say but then you go to john 3 18 and those who never read actually in context yeah you know john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe will not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life um for god did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but the world might be saved through him but verse 18 and let me let me actually yeah just you got it pulled up you can read no i don't i have but go ahead but it's but you you have to see the dichotomy because a lot of people just say, oh, whatever, everybody, whoever believes, they get focused on that part, but then they forget that it's the believing ones mm-hmm. are the ones saved in John three eighteen. Sorry, I'm actually turning to my Bible, so give me a second. Here. No, you're fine. I was actually <laughs> going to be on the one you were talking about. Uh, yeah, I think it's Luke 18, like yeah. 11, something like that. I forget exactly. But uh, John 3, okay. and really that whole passage of John 3 is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. So John three eighteen, again following up the, you know, did not send the Son in the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse eighteen: He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And again, that that's believing in that name is not simply oh, I believe in a Jesus. Yeah. No. No. It's, no, 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 no. It's the full encompassing. God saves. Mm-hmm. He is the one who has accomplished it all. Right. He is the one who cried out on the cross at the end. It is finished. Mm-hmm. Tetelestai. That is what we focus on. We cling to him and what he has done. Mm-hmm. And that's how we are justified. Right. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I look to the cross and look to his work and, and finished work. So there's nothing I can do to add to that. And really, when you break it down, it's a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Oh, pride right. of life. It really is. It's God. The Son wasn't enough. I have to help. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, mm-hmm. it's and I've confronted a friend on this when when he was struggling over the idea of just simply trusting and believing in Christ. He's like, but I, I feel like I got to do something to to fix it. Right. Like, he already has, and by you not accepting that, now you're saying, hey, I I am good enough to do this. I am good enough. I I have to somehow fix this. And you're basically now denying the total compassing work of Christ. Right, in a sense, that's you know get the behind you know get behind me, Satan, because your your pride is get is getting in your way of being of being saved and allowing that that work to be done. You're right. It is, it's it's such a a human pride that gets in the way that. And that's it, I mean think about it. That's the danger of the confession mm-hmm. in the Catholic system. Well, I, I did something wrong. Let me go confess it, and they'll tell me to pray, you know, on the rosary ten times over. And or if it's something real serious, they might have me go make a trek somewhere and <laughs> climb up on my knees on some steps and go see a piece of the cross that's in Spain. Or, you know, this something is, crazy. It it like blows my mind though because it's what happens. <laughs> like I mean, we're saying it almost in like a joking manner, but that's yeah. that's that's. And then that's that, again that goes back to the whole point like you brought up Brandon Mass. Mm-hmm. It's oh I, I need I need mass. I I gotta be cleansed again. I need to be Yeah, I mean this is serious. This is serious stuff. Yeah. 
And it's this is exactly what you know we you get you believe in Jesus because you get the story you know and you at least know this much in the church but you don't realize that this is the exact same thing that Israel did the Jews did this is the same kind of uh, man-made religious practice that is just completely separate and apart from God not God ordained this is all man's tradition well, and I think we about. so often we will read in scripture, you know, how important it is for our lives to be literally lived very, very differently once we are believers of Christ, once we have truly repented and turned our lives around. And I feel like most of the time we kind of think of that as that's how we must live our lives to unbelievers out in the world, right? So that they can see our lives so different and come to know Christ because of that. But I think especially if you're dealing with this in your family, this should create an even bigger um, kind of level of importance here that you are truly in your Bible. You are truly transformed and living your life like the word so clearly describes for us to do. So that way you are shining the truth of what mm. scripture says to these family members or close friends or whatever. Mm. Um, so that way something might entice them somewhere. Even if, even if you don't know that it happens, if some seed gets planted in them, that by your continuance to stand firm in these things, even when it means sucky stuff for you, right? You don't want your family to be upset with you. You don't want to cause divisions or you know anything like that, but you have to stand firmly in this stuff. And by the level of seriousness that you're going to hold to on this, who knows if that might not be, you know, that little seed in them that creates them. Because it seems like until you can get them to question something, what are you going to do? I mean, until they decide that they, because I feel like once you start questioning something, it's like a rabbit hole of, oh, yeah. Yeah. of all these things, everything unravels. But until they do that, I mean, you can't force someone to truly question something. So until they do that, you know, but if they mm -hmm. see by your example... And that can be an encouragement, you know, for that seed to really take root and grow in them, maybe. We'll just always ask the question, when, if you go to them with these questions, like how am I to be saved, what, all this stuff, where are they answering from? Yeah. Are they actually going to the text? Mm -hmm. Are they, I mean, even if they are, are they ripping it out of context? Are they reading sections? Are they demonstrating the harmony of scripture and how this all flows together? And this is what the word of God says? Or... Or even going to traditions of men, mm. dogmas that have no foundation in Scripture. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's something that you should always say, "Hey, I want to know what God says." And if you can't point me to what God says, then maybe I need to be questioning you. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, anybody I listen to online, even my own pastor in my church, I test everything he says. As we all should. And, yeah. You know, ninety-nine point nine nine percent of everything I hear, I'm like, "Yay and amen." And every now and then you'll hear something you're like, sure, well, let me, let me sure. check this. And something else doesn't sound right here. And we should always be doing that. Which sometimes uh, most innocently. Maybe right. you misspoke or you misunderstood or, or whatever it may be, but we should always be testing everything and testing it by not, by the entire, from Genesis to Revelation. How yeah. does everything hold up? It must. So on, on the Mass, another section of Scripture, because I, I know we we ended last time, like, where should you read from? And I there's so many places. But I... In this, in understanding the work of Christ, the book of Hebrews is, is phenomenal for that. A lot of people shy from it because it does have a lot of, uh, it quotes a ton of scripture, 
and it really does have a lot of its foundations in Leviticus, understanding the priesthood, sure understanding does, yeah. some of these things that are very Jewish in nature mm -hmm. that as Americans we are so far from right. that, that yeah. you start reading this about the rest and I, oh, I don't get any of this stuff and who's Melchizedek and what like what, I don't understand what the role of the high priest was all these things but when you read through that you'll start to see some amazing portraits of the work of Christ how he fulfills all of these roles and one of the most important ones that really just contradicts what the mass is about is Hebrews chapter 9 and, and really the whole chapter 9 but let me just focus this for the, for the sake of time. Um, beginning in verse 23, Therefore it was necessary for the copies of these things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things, he's speaking of the tabernacle, right, or the temple, um, but, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, Verse 25, nor was it that he would offer himself often as yeah. the high priest so enters the holy place year by year with the blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would not have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment... So Christ, also having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation for reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. That's his coming back without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. So that's the second coming. But he gave one himself time. one time. It wasn't needed like every year at the Yom Kippur or Kippurim, whatever you want to announce it. Um, but he sat down too. I think that's yeah. chapter 6, chapter 7. Yeah. You know, it was done. It wasn't the high priest who went in, sprinkled, you know, the, the mercy seat. And if he, if he wasn't in the right of nature, he, you know, didn't just get killed on the spot. But had to do that once a year for the people. No, Christ went in to the very heavenly throne, offered himself and his blood in exchange. And then he sat down. That is the role of the high priest, to make intercession on our behalf. And so chapter 7 verse 25 for therefore he lives forever now not like these other priests and he forever saves us that is why we are called to trust in him that's why this whole idea of justification is by faith in all of this completed work that he has done so Amen. it just seems yeah. so clear because it is <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that that helps. Yeah, I hope least, that that helps. I think uh, that's a good way to... The thing that stinks is there's no clear answer. It's not simple. Right. It's not a, I do this, they'll come to a true saving knowledge of Christ, and I can sleep soundly that the salvation of my family is saved. That's not it. And that stinks. But um, there's no level, I don't think, of us being in the Word, us living our lives, and us praying, interceding on their behalf consistently that God will just grab them by their soul <laughs> but bring them but down. being being real here and that's what part of this ministry is about there's a certain we, we, we are reaching a time in our in history and God is clearly calling people out because of I mean I believe you know the the, the times and the seasons that we're in right now so now's not the time to just you know don't be rude we have to go at everything in love but now's the time to at least be firm with it and be serious with it yeah. and quit being afraid to call it what it is right. and not don't try to be 
combative, but we need to be serious and we need to to combat these things in love and and with you know, uh, and, and just seriousness because you know the days are evil and and the things are getting worse. So. Well, every day you're a day closer to standing before God. Well, regardless I mean, of what might happen, so and that person might get struck down by a truck tomorrow, regardless. Yeah, right. yeah. You you don't know what somebody's lifespan is going to sure. be. You don't know when. Nobody there's... knows if they get the next day. Yeah. Sure. So I mean, we've we have under... unfortunately under the over the last year, I feel like there's just been so many. It's like wow, like this person, you know, got super sick and almost died. This person got super sick and and did unfortunately pass and. None of it was stuff that was expected. It wasn't like, oh man, you know, this my, my grandma's been alive for a hundred years, and yeah. you know, so you just never know. And so, regardless, and I agree with Brandon on you know where we're at seasonally as a church and and everything. But regardless of like, long, yeah, regardless, you don't know if you you're know, gonna be here tomorrow. Regardless of what the people listen to this, regardless of what their viewpoint is, understand nobody is promised five minutes from now, let alone five days from now. So, I'll sum it up to just the the heart of the matter. (laughs) (laughs) No, the, the, the way, as Brandon is saying, and this was one of those passages that I read recently when I was. Uh, you know, working with the Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. you know, trying to not be angry, not be hateful at them. But uh, this is Second Timothy chapter two, uh, and you know, really beginning in verse twenty, but uh, twenty four is kind of the, the point where I want to get at. Mm-hmm. And it says, "The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, mm-hmm. able to teach, patient when wrong, yeah. with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition." If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, mm-hmm. and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Yeah. Listen, we we acknowledge, you know, there there is a personal rejection, but at the same time, all false religion is doctrines of demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah, is the work yeah. of Satan himself in this. Yep. And they are held captive to this. They are thinking they're doing the right thing. Yep. And we have to Show them the truth. Amen. And if, you, if you're convicted by this, you're like, well, I, I really don't know how to say these things. Or, look, we've already given you some scripture to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> read Romans. Read Galatians. Read through, Hebrews. <laughs> yeah, read Hebrews. And again, they may be a tough one, but just focus on justification and what did Christ do. And then read back through the Gospels. Look at his life. Look at all these things. So, uh, yeah. It all goes back to him. Absolutely. Everything goes back to him. Yeah. Well, hopefully that helps. If you guys have any other questions when it comes to any of this stuff, um, the Catholic Church specifically, just uh, message us. Let us know. You can go to aphomechurch.com and send us an email there, and we will all be going through these and working on them as we get them. So thanks, guys.